Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another thrilling installment of The School for Dumb Women, the podcast that tackles the topics you're too proud to admit you know nothing about. I'm your host, Bargain Garden Sun Lounger, Hannah Varrell. With me is plastic champagne glass, Alexandra Haddo. I am shatterproof, Hannah, and believe me, I've tried. And disposable barbecue, Caroline O'Donoghue. I'm extra hot in the middle, but you'll get salmonella if you try my outsides. <laughs> Today we're learning about how gardening shows became the hottest thing on TV, why phone numbers in films are connected to the Canadian gold rush, and how to celebrate a birthday in lockdown. Hannah, since we revealed your phone number on last week's episode, you've been inundated with calls from curious listeners, haven't you? Yes, I was quite surprised to learn that we count both Hillary Clinton and Mr Blobby in our listeners. Uh, Thanks for reaching out, guys. Hi, Hillary. A diverse listenership, as always. I knew we had them. (laughs) I knew it just wasn't 23-year-old white women. Yeah! Yeah, so this all started off because I've been watching a little show that you might not have heard of called The Simpsons in lockdown. I've heard it. Yeah, I <laughs> any, think I know uh, it. any fans? I mean, Caroline, I know that you're a huge Simpson fan. I'd, Alex, where would you place yourself on the scale? I absolutely loved The Simpsons when I was a kid, but to the point where I OD'd on it for so many years that I've had to take an adult break. Yeah, absolutely fair. I think really. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just I I watched probably two episodes a day every single day of my life for probably seven years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely same. I think the weird thing about The Simpsons is that, like, it's embedded on different people's consciousness differently. Like, I watch Simpsons every single day after school with my brother, just like basically everybody else I've ever met. Yeah. Um, But for some reason, and maybe it's because we're so close in age and we were constantly referencing quotes back at each other, it seems to have, like, baked into my personality in ways it hasn't to normal people. Like, I'm constantly quoting, constantly find myself buying off-license merchandise. Like, it's a problem. <laughs> and you've got, oh, you, you had, had a, amazing, you had a, yeah, the amazing print by... Marge Simpson. Yeah, yes. Alex Hughes, which is yes. incredible. Yes, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, override your section, Hannah, by telling you about my very losery story. But um, it's quite common when authors get your, like, when you're, your book comes out you get like a, a little bit of chunk of money on the day it comes out and it's many authors use that to buy like a beautiful piece of jewelry or maybe do a home improvement and what i did was i commissioned marge simpson and her chanel suit in a gold print made by alex mayhews it cost me yeah. 300 pounds i love it i think it's so good i love it too i look at her she's on my desk i look at her every single day and i just think like that episode just means a lot to me because it's like, oh, she like try. She's trying to get into the society that she doesn't feel like she should be a part of, and that's kind of yeah. how I feel sometimes with publishing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Thank you. Such a good episode. Um, and I just watched another good episode, Mr. Plow. Oh, that um, name again is Mr. Plow. Is Mr. Plow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, a big part of the episode, of course, is the advert which you just sang. Um, five, five, five. 
Yes. And then, and then a phone number. <laughs> uh, it's 555-3226. Or as he says, Klondike 53226. Call now and get a free t-shirt. And I was watching it and I was just like, Klondike, what is Klondike? And yeah. why 555? It's always 555, like Ghostbusters, 555-2368. Back to the Future, which I also watched the other day. Very good. 555-4385 for Doc yeah. Emmett Brown. Yeah, I'm so glad that you bring this up because I've wondered this for years. And it's one of those things where you're like, I'm going to Google that. Where's my phone? It's down the couch. Exactly. I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> yeah, and then you're just like, ah, meh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So obviously the question for me was like, why do they all start with 555? And essentially like the first part is the area code. So you have a three digit prefix, which is common to all the phone numbers in one like geographical area. And on an old rotary dial phone, each number had three letters with it, right? So mm-hmm. so KL for Klondike um, is 55. You dial 55 twice and that would get you KL. And then the rest of it is, uh, you know, 53226. Uh, so KL would be the Klondike telephone exchange, which you'd get through to, and then they'd connect you up to the person. Wow. But then my next question was, okay, so if we know the area code for the Simpsons, does that mean that we know where the Simpsons live? Because such a big part of the Simpsons is that we don't know which state Springfield is in. Yes, yeah, because there, there are so many Springfields. Yeah, exactly, because Springfield is one of the most like common town names in America. So first off, where do you think Klondike is? It sounds like it's in a fjord. I'm going to guess, like, Canada or something. I spoiled it by saying Canadian know, gold rush in the intro. You did. You did put like, it in the intro. We all read oh. the intro, Caroline. <laughs> so dumb. But basically, yeah, the biggest kind of Klondike is uh, this region in the Yukon in northwest Canada, where there was a big gold rush from 1896 to 1899. And the indigenous people called it a different name, obviously. They called it, I'm going to try and pronounce it, Chukondak? Or something like that. Admirable um, temp there, Hannah. Thank you. Very nice. <laughs> Which means uh, Hammerstone water, apparently. And obviously, when white people went into the area, they couldn't be bothered to pronounce it because they're lazy and shit. And I include myself in that. So they kind of mashed it up to Klondike. But there's actually lots of small towns and communities called Klondike in the USA as well. Uh, presumably kind of connected to people that went out to the Gold Rush area or people that came back or something like that. So there's... Klondike's in Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Kentucky, Missouri, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Texas, West Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Oh, we're back to square one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're back to the Springfield problem all over again. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think that that actually tells us anything about where Springfield is. Um, and there's also, by the way, a Klondike ice cream bar, Klondike Solitaire, three Klondike TV series, including a miniseries starring Richard Madden, a winter sports competition in the Boy Scouts, a sports mascot, a darts tournament, and a boxer called Klondike. So people just really like the sound of the word Klondike, evidently. It is nice to say, I feel. Got a round chocolatiness to it, you know? Yes, yeah. Hmm. So I said already that the... Um, the K and the L from Klondike turn into 5-5 five five, and that's where you get 5-5-5. Five five five. But like, why does everyone have 5-5-5? Five five five? Because in America, there are 100 five 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 numbers reserved for film and TV use. Wow! I know! And the reason they picked Klondike for it is just because JKL, which are on the 5, um, don't make many town names. That's one of the only town names that it makes. So it's just a less common combination for an area code. If you rang them, would it just be like, hello, it's Hollywood here? <laughs> Maybe you can get your big break that way, Alex. I'm going to do it. 
<laughs> but so 5550100 to 0199 are reserved for film and TV because if you put a real phone number on a film or a TV series or even a song, people will try and call it. Yeah, they will. Yes. Like Adele in her in her video, she's got a phone number and it's on like an old flip phone, even though it was about yes. seven years ago. And everyone's like, why? Whose phone number is that? Yeah. So they've been doing this. They've been having these fake numbers since the 1960s to avoid like people calling up people and bothering them and stuff and then them suing whoever the whoever was making the TV show or whatever. And obviously I've, I've got some examples, guys, uh, apart from Adele, of people who've um, put real numbers in TV shows and stuff. Um, oh, okay. So the best one is Bruce Almighty, which originally had a non-555 number and they actually had to change it afterwards because it was such a pain in the ass. But a woman in Florida, when that film came out, was getting like 20 calls an hour. And it also connected to a church in North Carolina where the bishop oh, no. or the priest or whatever was called Bruce. And no. everyone was like, and that was meant oh, to be the number God. for God. Wow. So everyone was like, hello, is that God? Holy hell. The closest I've ever come to this in real life is that once when I was about 10 local paper accidentally put our home number in the local paper for the lonely hearts <gasps> what <laughs> oh my god is that so we had loads of people ringing up being like hi i'd like to inquire about you know jane 33 from such oh, and such no. and we were like, is that what your parents what? divorced Alex? One, obviously we were like yes it was <laughs> yes that explains That's everything when jeff finally went off on his own <laughs> jane didn't think that no one liked her well, the thing is, the first the first time it happened, we were like, oh, sorry, you've got the wrong number. And then, you know, on the third call or something, we were like, hang on. <laughs> oh. Um, there was also a song in 1981 called Jenny or 8675309 by Tommy Tutor. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. I, I listened to it on Spotify and I was like, that is familiar. And a load of people obviously started calling the number and asking for Jenny and getting annoyed. Um, Gilmore Girls, which Caroline, I know that you're a fan of, as am I. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently they had a number in there somewhere for Luke's Diner. And actually, if you if you did call it, there would be a message being like, hey, it's Luke's Diner, like, leave a message or whatever. Oh, like I a, love like that. I love when they go for that extra effort to, like, create that little yeah. virtual meta experience for fans. Yeah, and they did that as well. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, the direct, he's a director, right? Yeah. He, uh, he had a number in uh, Magnolia, which if you called it, it would be like, yeah, like a recording that was kind of like an extra add-on from the series. It was like a flustered woman saying please leave a message at the tone but it was like the character oh i love um, that very nice yeah. touch. and there's a mm. and there's a character that tom cruise plays as well which like i've never seen this film but basically he he has this like seduce and destroy program and it goes i'll help you get that naughty sauce that you want fast Ooh, sauce <laughs> now, now you're listening just about quotes from the film magnolia yeah which I, which i'm gonna I have like. to watch that now aren't i i bet it's rubbish no, it's actually really great. From what I remember, it's really long and it is kind of one of those movies uh, young men like to bore you about. Mm, but yeah. other than that, yes. you know, a great treat. Yeah. Um, to loop back to your Simpsons thing, here's this, a curious Simpsons phone fact that I know. Oh, yes. Um, so do you remember the very famous uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns two-part episodes from the yes, 90s? Yeah. Yes. Everyone remembers it. Um, apparently that started because um, they, w- they were doing a paid partnership with the people who do collect phone calls. You know, where you like, um, 
you, you call say, oh, this is a call collect from Alex Hada, will you accept? And then your oh, dad like says... Oh, charge. yeah, like a, like a reverse yeah, charge. Yeah, reverse charge, yeah. yeah. Or in America, it's call collect. Um, so they were trying to spread awareness of the ability to do that. And so what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to call this collect phone number, say who you think killed, shot Mr. Burns. And then oh, wow. if you got it right, the prize was that you could either be written into the show or a cash prize. And the woman who won chose the cash oh prize. My God. Oh, and gave up her place in history. I know, I know, and the idiot. I wonder what the cash prize was. Can't have been that much. Well, for you to for you to give up your your place in yeah, it must have been enough. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to get like a couple of hundred. A couple of hot. Oh my god, Hannah, you're dreaming no. too small. Like for me, to- <laughs> I get like twenty grand. What? Twenty grand? I would need like at least ten grand to give up being written into the same. In this economy. Even in this economy, <laughs> where there's no guarantee that bookshops will ever be open again, I would yeah. still need a, a cool 10 grand. <laughs> I would need, at this stage, two grand. <laughs> You've come down. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so for ages, these 555 numbers worked really well. Everyone was really happy with them. But I think it's got to a point now where, like, even subconsciously, I didn't even realise this, but... When you hear a 555 number in an American show, you're kind of like, oh, it's 555. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's what numbers are. Yeah, I just accept and, um, it. Yeah, and I've never actually thought about it not until you said it. I've never all thought, oh, yeah, it's always 555. Yeah, exactly. But I think lots of, I mean, loads of Americans right now are probably like, oh, my God, how didn't you know this? This is such a common thing. But there are people who are starting to think that, like, you shouldn't use 555 numbers in your TV or your TV show or your film because it just makes you think, like, oh, well, that's fake. Like, because yeah. so many people know that 555 numbers are like fake Yeah, but numbers. surely if you're watching a TV show, you know it's fake. <laughs> it shares the illusion. Yeah, it just highlights, like... No, I'm sorry, you're a moron. <laughs> yeah, if anyone needs that level of meta-reality from their TV shows, they yeah. get a life. But it's because it's, like, a collective thing as well. And, like, all TV shows do it, all films do it. Yeah, but it's never important to the script. Do you know what I mean? It's just, like oh my god quickly call this number it's just like a it's just another word basically no i know and it's like it's functional but i kind of see what see what they mean that you're kind of just like oh five 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 oh that again because most numbers like on you know british tv shows or whatever if they have a number i'm never going to remember what that is mm-hmm. but you'd remember that it was a five 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 wouldn't you yeah 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 um and there's a director called george nolfi who um directed the adjustment bureau who hates the 555 numbers so much that he um got some 212 numbers for the new york area code for that film he says the idea of seeing a 555 number would really throw me out of a movie like that so i asked for a real number and they sent me to universal's clearance department and they said they own a real number well surely like you know film budgets are astronomical you could just like buy a phone i know then- yeah literally walk it out too but then the yeah. danger is that... Because um, numbers get passed on, might, don't they? Well, yeah, exactly. So you might stop paying for that number or like not need the SIM card anymore, whatever it is. It might go back into circulation. And actually, this is what happened with the Gilmore Girls one, you know, for Luke's Diner that I was yeah. saying. That number went back into circulation after the show finished. And then a few years ago, Gilmore Girls went on Netflix. Everyone started, everyone started oh, no. watching it again. People started calling the number again. And this random guy uh. just started getting calls being like, is this Luke's diner? And apparently he actually really likes it. So, uh, oh, he's, that's cute. He's Maybe smart. he's lonely. I know. Well, that's I, I um, have an experience. I don't know if I've ever told you guys this. It's become one of those things that's become such a normal part of my week now that I just accept it and I don't even talk about it. 
But um, I seem to share my number, my phone number, with um, a fairly popular sex worker. Oh, what? yeah. So, um, what do you mean by share your number? Well, two years ago, and at the time, I thought it was some kind of really weird, c- cruel prank. Um, I started getting all yeah. these like um phone calls and text, like bombarded like hundreds of calls and texts from men who had like seen some ad on a on a sex website. Sure. And I kind of a sex I, website. I, I, your standard sex <laughs> website, an escort service yeah. provider, whatever you want to call it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. And it was so annoying because like every time I like got, got these guys on the phone, I was like, "Look, can you please just tell me like Chris?" Because like I would be like, "No, I'm I'm not a I'm not a sex worker." Then they would get really embarrassed and hang up, and then I would get an identical phone call two seconds later, and they they were so ashamed when they realized I wasn't a sex worker that they would immediately hang up. And I was like, "Okay, okay, no, 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 please stay on the phone. I just need to find out like where are these calls coming mm, from?" Yeah. And eventually, I managed to get this poor guy to stay on the phone. And I was like, "He was like, here's the website, like, and then and here's the name I found it under." And then I found it and I reported it, and it was like it seems to have like keep popping up. And like I every time I I managed to track this down, I report it to the website and it gets taken down. But it seems to keep fucking happening. So like That's so weird. Now to this point, like. Like maybe I'm gonna say twice a week I get a call from a random number and it's always like this guy with a very hushed, weird sound and I know instantly what it's about and I'm just like hello and then they're like um do you do you call houses do you come to houses and I'm like yeah you got the wrong number dude oh my god it's really weird and and you know what lads it's spiked in coronavirus oh god I bet it has yeah 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 it's very strange also what about the poor woman who's actually losing business I know Anastasia I, I don't know what's going on with her Oh, babes! People want you. No, I have to say though, from the from the ad that I did see, her rates are extremely low, and her photos are extremely oh. fake. Oh, God I know, love God love her. God Anastasia, love this one goes out to you. We love you. Uh, I just have one more excellent fact for you, mm-hmm. which is that uh, in the UK we actually have fake phone numbers too, which are reserved for use by uh, Ofcom. We've got twenty thousand of them. Wow. Yeah, it's a very ambitious what? take on the British film industry. I think so. Yeah, um, fifteen thousand of them are geographical ones as well, based around like cities or regions and stuff. So if you want like an East London area code for like a number on EastEnders, you can get it. And then there's also ones for like the whole of the UK, and there's a thousand which are for a fictional geographic area for series that don't want to peg themselves to a certain area. Huh, that's cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. God, people have gone into a lot of thought about this, haven't they? Yeah. I'd also like to say, the Klondike Gold Rush is mad. Um, <laughs> future so episode, possibly? Future episode, for sure. Like, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening there. Um, and a lot of people dying, uh, which, uh, yeah. My God. I have to mm. say, though, in terms of, like, people getting snitty about them having 555 numbers, I do kind of understand. It does sort of take you out of it. It's kind of like... When you are watching a character drink like coffee from a paper cup, oh, and you like, I hate it, that. you know it's empty, and they know it's empty, and then you spend the rest of the scene just yes. watching them drink an empty cup. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Or when they're meant to be in like when there's like fake snow everywhere, but and they're yes. talking to each other, but there's no like there's no steam coming out of their mouths. And or or when it starts raining and it's like this kind of like torrential Amazon rain that like people yes. just don't get normally. It really bothers me. Or when when they're having dinner and then someone just starts clearing yes, the table. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yes. And you're like, no, I haven't finished my dinner yet. Awful. I'd be so angry. 
Or when they're clearly not really chewing. Yeah. (laughs) Movie magic! Yes. Alex, you're looking very attentive today. Is it cold where you are among the magnolias? Are the brassicas struggling in your brassica? Can I get you a jumper or perhaps two trowels for modesty? Caroline, please stop these thinly veiled references to my thinly veiled tits. Oh, but I can't. <laughs> well, that's because my section this week is on the early noughties and late nineties TV sensation Ground Force. God, it takes you back, doesn't it? Caroline, do, are you familiar with this yeah, in Ireland? Yeah, I was waiting it? for my foreigner's corner on this. No, <laughs> I have no fucking clue what you're on about. And that's why the intro made no sense to you. No, none at all. Ah, uh, yes. So Ground Force was this show that um, a lot of us were quite addicted to. It came about, well, it started in 1997 kind of in that first wave of loads of makeover TV. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, Caroline, do you know Changing Rooms? Mm. Yeah, of course. So, you know, Carol Smiley and Handy Andy went into a, somebody's house with somebody like Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen or Linda Barker and, you know, basically made somebody's room absolutely heinous over two days <laughs> as a surprise. <laughs> yeah, and it was generally about putting in a kitchen island or blasting through a wall, right? Yes, yeah. always yeah. a wall or feature, blast. Feature or feature wallpaper. Yeah, always making a living room and the kitchen into one big area to the point now where like, yes, yeah, yeah. when I'm looking at gaffs now, I'm like, oh, the kitchen and the living room are different rooms. How working class. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? Animalistic. Yeah, exactly. We all live in one room, the toilet's in the corner because walls are for the poor. Oh, I just realised I have an anecdote about this. Oh. That um, probably could be safe for later. But my brother went on 60-minute makeover as like a, you know, painter help person. Wow. Which is by no means his specialty. He's a musician. <laughs> and he said that uh, they did do it in 60 minutes, but the quality was appalling. Because like, why would you really? get a guitarist to do your wallpaper? It doesn't make sense. He did such a bad job. Wow. I've also got um, the highlight of my sort of youth was aged 11 when we realised that changing rooms was in fact in our village and I got Handy Andy's autograph wow. and it was on my wall for longer than was okay. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Just just you and Corby just like happy than anybody. <laughs> anybody that anybody's come through. It was the highlight of our calendar. Sorry, yeah, when, when but, I imagine um, you and Corby, it's black and white and the 70s and you have no shoes. <laughs> Yes, I'm basically, I, and I've got a stick and a ball. Yeah, you're basically Kez, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am Kez. But with a Tamagotchi for some of it. Um, yeah, so basically Ground Force was the sort of garden equivalent of this. And the best thing about it was that uh, as the series went on, let's say you had a new house with a shit garden and somebody said to you, I'm going to take you away for two days. You would have instantly thought, oh my God, I'm going to be on ground force. <laughs> so I can't imagine the amount of disappointed wives that just came oh, back and so their husband had actually just taken them on a spa weekend. Yeah, and they got a voucher <laughs> from somewhere. But there was always, there was absolutely always, like, um, it had to be 48 hours and it was always like, and Steve has told Millie that she has to go and see her mum for two days. And then, like, Alan Titchmarsh, who was the sort of head gardener, Tommy Walsh, the builder, and Charlie Dimmock, the water feature person. <laughs> by all, they I mean, always had that was a water all feature. she did. 
always had a water feature, even if their garden was like eight square foot yeah. and they lived in like a council, a like council estate. Oh, it's like, how can Reading. you have, always have a water, like a water feature when like surely oh, external plumbing is going to be an issue? Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely ubiquitous. Every single one had a water feature. That was her only Sounds job. Great. And they used to sneak in and out as if it was that real. Yeah. They used to sneak such down drama. the side of the house and be like, yeah, such drama. It was a great show. I watched it um, pretty much every, I think it was Friday nights, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was Friday yeah. night TV. I it was watched it on the ground yeah. force. Yeah. 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 Unavoidable. Um, anyway, I was thinking about this because I'm trying to do up my garden, which honestly was an absolute jungle, but which you are both invited to the unveiling Yay. garden party when, all, when this whole global shit show is over. Honestly, your garden um, looks so good now. Obviously, I've not seen it in real life, but the pictures, like the before and after, so satisfying. So satisfying. And yeah, basically it's massive, but it needs so much work. But then I was like, oh God, I'd really love to just win a ground force competition. They should bring it back, which made me think about it. Mm. Um, And the whole thing was Alan Titchmarsh was just like, I mean, that man should not have become famous. Like he was just a lovely, no, but in a nice way. I mean, I'm glad that he did is what I mean, because he basically had sort of a slot on sort of Gardener's World and all these things. I mean, he got the... um, the job on ground force because a year before his long-running show pebble mill at one got cancelled and it was just he's basically just like gardening in a person wait does that Um, was it but was he doing gardening shows before ground force or was that something different no he was he was interested in gardening and he was a gardener and he like he was like a a horticulture expert basically Mm -hmm. So he was the sort of the broad spectrum of it and then he started doing tv work and then so he was the main presenter yeah then for the life of me, so Tommy Walsh was the builder, so he always had to build yeah, something. Yeah, good sturdy Tommy. He, Tommy yeah, Walsh. Exactly. I've never he's seen doing the decking. I obviously have never seen any of these people, but I know exactly what they look like by the name <laughs> yes, Tommy exactly. Walsh. And, Big And Tommy Walsh is from dick. Hackney. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You'd absolutely, he would be a right. I'm Googling. Um, he was a, yeah, Cockney builder um, who I was looking looking him up today, got arrested for a fray oh, years no. ago. Oh, uh, Oh, I'm all fine. I think it was just a pub punch up fine. Oh, he's a bit. He's. I, I would. Yeah, I'd give Tommy Walsh a go. <laughs> yeah, he's I'll got a bit him. of a Paul Hollywood sort of Arctic eyes, fat bod yes, look around yeah. him. Yeah, but he's definitely give you a better ride than Paul Hollywood. Oh, I don't, everyone I've ever met who's met Tom, um, Paul Hollywood says that he has a huge magnetism, a huge no. sexual <laughs> riveting magnetism that nobody can explain oh. or describe. Yeah. How many people do you know that have met? I know, he's basically done everything. He's been around for years, and like anyone who's even been like a little bit around British TV has kind of had an experience with him. And they all say he's a beautiful man. Paul Hollywood. I see it. You know, it's those eyes, those penetrating eyes, that icy stare. I'm not saying I fancy him. I just say I can see why I would be drawn in by his icy tractor beam. <laughs> wow. I mean, he does get a lot of puss. <laughs> he certainly <laughs> does. That we know. <laughs> Anyway, Tommy Walsh is my choice over Paul Hollywood. Um, and he was the builder. And then Charlie Dimmock was the, as I say, the water feature consultant mm. on it. And basically the obsession with her became sort of a, this nationwide thing because she didn't wear a bra. Oh. Oh, is that why I had to make those bra jokes? Yes. Yes. Oh. Okay. And in the sort of late 90s, this was just people. I mean, I remember my dad being like, oh my God, she's not wearing a bra. <laughs> and then, you know, my dad and his mates would be like, oh, got to tune into Ground Force. Oh, and then any bit, and then 
that sort of became, you know, if anybody wasn't wearing a bra, they were like, oh, you're doing a Charlie Dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, this totally passed me by. This is mad. I know, and I feel like she had a, you know, she was she was an early feminist uh, for the fourth wave because she just did not give a shit. And she had some voluptuous Okay, I, I am on Google Images. Those are some yes. norks. <laughs> yes. <Wow. laughs> I I would argue that it was probably more of a hindrance to her not wearing a bra. <laughs> there, I mean, to be to be fair to her, and this is the still I'm looking at is from the nineties. She's got gorgeous boobs, and I have gorgeous boobs, so I know. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. She was she was great, and she just she was like zero shits given. Yeah. And I oh, look back and now I and love think, her. Fucking play. I, 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 everything from like her energy, how she's po- posing with this trowel. Yeah. She's great. I love her. And also, like, she did the water feature. She was all about the flow. Oh, my God. How much oh, water got brilliant. in those tits? Uh, yeah. And again, how did she get into it? She went to college. She worked at the Romsey Garden Centre afterwards. And then she met TV producer John Thornycroft, who later produced Ground Force and put her Whoa, in it. I mean, so she hadn't had, like, any TV experience? No. One day, you're just working at a garden centre. The next, you're a sex symbol. Fantastic. You know? Wow. Um, and also, so it's like three sort of odd bods were thrown together to make this series that millions of people watched. And also Alan Titchmarsh has now gone on. I mean, he had his own chat show on ITV at like tea time recently, like until recently. Um, he's become, you know, this sort of star of Middle England. But he also did win uh, the Bad Sex Award. You know, the Bad did Sex he? in Literature yes. Award. So he writes as well. Yeah, so he he went into novel writing and... Uh, the the articles on it. I was trying to find the exact quotes from it, and it's because he described a man becoming entangled in the lithesome limbs of this human boa constrictor, referring to a woman. That sounds very planty. Mm, very planty. Yes, I mean, he, yeah. So he went into novel writing, and he just, you know, he's a, he's a, he just seems like a very nice man. And it's just, it was just such an odd program to have been that successful. Mm. God, I'm so curious. This is sounds great. It, yeah, it, and it was very satisfying to watch. It was just like you, every Friday for half an hour, you saw this absolute, it, you know, it always, the gardens always had like an old mattress in yes, them. And then by the end, they dumb. looked like something out of the Chelsea Physic Garden. It was amazing. Um, but as I say, with an absolutely gaudy, like unnecessary, like, you know, people that have a tiny living room and have a giant TV, that was the water feature in most <laughs> of these gardens. <gasps> Like I bet, I bet you any money if they ever did like a catch up six months later or whatever, which I think they did do for a bit. I, I'm sure the water feature was always turned off because yeah. the upkeep was just like wow. ridiculous. The thing is, like, do you remember when, like, um, do you remember uh, about a, a month ago, a week ago? I can't remember how time moves in the pandemic, but when everyone was watching Quiz on ITV. Yes, yeah, yes. I was, re- and I was really into it for once. I was, I was with the zeitgeist. Oh my god, it was. I'm so rarely with the zeitgeist when it comes to TV. It was a really fun Same. time to just be watching along. Um, but anyway, uh, right before that, there was like this kind of very obviously based on ground for it's kind of gardening makeover show. We send someone away. We do things in the garden. Blah, blah, blah. And, you yeah. know, it was just watching through it to wait until quiz comes on. And I, ne- I hadn't seen a show like this in years. And I'm kind of surprised they still make shows like this in a way. And I got yeah. really, like, really emotional. Because, like, this guy comes back and, like, he's got... He's, the, the sort of sob story of it was that he had, like, terminal cancer. And he didn't have... He had, like, a few years left to live. And he wanted to enjoy them with his grandkids. And there's something oh. about, like... So it was, a, it was a sob story anyway. And it was, like you know would have made you upset but like 
the fact that he was enjoying this garden is like having a really nice garden is like it's not like having a really nice home where like most people can make their house a bit nice like to have to have yeah. a really nice garden you kind of need to have access to a certain skill set and knowledgeability yeah. that most people don't it's have so true. Like most people just have a bit of grass and maybe a couple of pansies and like a herb garden but like for, for an ordinary yeah, person yeah, yeah it was it really because it, because it's so extraneous and because ordinary people don't normally have these things it really got me like weeping i was so into it <laughs> it's so true because to get to get a sort of sense of a garden and the, the feel you want you really have to sort of learn about plants and horticulture and what goes with what and how to grow it and how to create. totally the learning curve is so steep yeah and when you see someone with an amazing garden, you think, oh, this is so good. Yeah. So you're like, oh, why isn't this my life? Mm. And then I look out on my shit patio and think, God, we've got a long way to go. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to see your new garden, though. You'll get there. Honestly, if I get evicted, I'm just not leaving. I'm just going to be like, look, I've put too much into this now. Today I was looking at how to measure gravel in kilos and how much <laughs> like ground that will cover. It was a whole thing. Oh my god, maybe so, you can be the next Charlie Browless. Oh, can we do a Dumb Women ground force on your... Can we send you away for two days? And then we and please. Karen will come in. And like, please, just please do just that. Just put gravel everywhere. Yeah, we'll just... I've spent so long on the interior of my house. Just gravel my garden and invite me back in two days. Just gravel the whole thing so it looks like a car park. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every gal dreams of growing up. I did used to love the the sob stories though because obviously like I mean if you hadn't guessed Caroline there would be a sob story on ground force as well generally like oh thingy lost their mum a few months ago oh and their mum loved flowers yeah and their mum loved flowers exactly or like they've moved house and they work three jobs and they can't they don't have time to do the garden and oh which also is a thing that won't change after they've fixed the garden they still require a huge amount of upkeep but now, Caroline, they can be sad in the rain, and that's what counts. It's true. I feel like Ground Force probably could come back, and like I feel like the gardening shows are still going on, like under the wire. I mm. mean, for for me at least, like I think my parents probably still watch them. Um, but this is yeah. because the other day, do you know who Monty Don is? Yes. Yeah. His oh, dog. Oh yes, this dog. And, and every and suddenly. Everyone on Twitter was like, oh my God, Nigel, Nigel the dog died. Nigel, we all love Same. him. We all know who, who the he hell is. is Nigel? And I was just like, hang on, is everyone secretly watching gardening shows without saying anything? Same. I think they are because when I worked for Channel 5, there was honestly about 300 programme titles where I was like, A, these can't be real and B, who is watching this? But there's there's a lot of TV out there, lads. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I want it to be mainstream again. I want, I want the whole nation to tune into a quiz where someone wins a million pounds then watches a few bands in a stu- small studio and then watches somebody from Slough get their patio read. No, how good would that be if we we just started again and we got rid of everything and there was no more <laughs> yes. no more choice and no more guilt about what you're not yeah. watching because yeah. there's only one choice of thing to watch. Oh, can we kick off yeah. with the Simpsons at 6 p.m. though? Yeah, fine. Oh, great. Lovely. Dreamy. Right, we just Basically, TV. The whole point of this segment was just let's bring TV back to 1998. Done. Yeah, when we were young and things were good, not like now when we're old and they're bad. <laughs> yes, this is now a nostalgia podcast. I just, I just keep thinking of your dad with his friends being like, "Oh my god, she's not wearing a bra." 
<laughs> very cute. It was just like a load of these like 40-year-old lads being like, oh my God, there's a woman on TV with her boobs out. Amazing. It's, it's it's so incredible and naive and cute that like people were so starved of like porn and sex then. That was, I know. Like, this and now is it's the like, thing. oh, you could go and watch a woman getting bummed any day of the week and now it's lost all of its yeah, lustre. Exactly. Exactly. More more prudes. More prudes so we can make Charlie who's its like North yes, Titan again. the sex symbol she deserves to yeah. be. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Each week in the Smart Lesson, we try to further our education and stretch our minds by learning about something new or discussing a hot topic in feminism. This week's Smart Lesson, we're talking about a subject that is ripping through the nation, claiming one innocent life after another. Literally, thousands of people are losing their birthdays to coronavirus, and since the government has taken the frankly cowardly approach to just ignore these birthdays, I, I haven't seen any budget announcements, no projections mm. for when the birthdays might start again, no plan for a yeah. birthdays reparation scheme. I think it's about time we took it into our own hands and decide what we're going to do about the birthdays. Yes, absolutely. Because you had one, didn't you? You had a lockdown birthday. Thank you, Alex. I did have a lockdown birthday. <laughs> Let me tell you all about it. Um, so I turned 30 a couple of weeks ago, May 7th. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lovely time. And I just want to say right here, my dummies did a wonderful job. Oh, I got... Come through. really did. You really came through, my dumbs. You, you like... Oh, we did. I, I, not only did you send me some beautiful artwork, which I'll get into in a minute, but you sent me like the mother of all like bougie wine orders. It was like... <laughs> yeah, we Absolutely did. no Echo Falls here. It was like... Wines with names that you know were a private joke between two people, which is how you know it's a good <laughs> wine. Two white men that colonized some weird vineyard. Completely. It's like um oh the the two the two bastards wine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, wow, they love me. <laughs> and they got and they got their friend like Panilla to design the wine label. Oh, very oh, that, very like hand drawn or whatever. Or like yeah. two hipster lads who were like, we're gonna do wine differently. There was such a high, there yeah. was such a selection of people who are extremely wealthy who are doing wine differently, and I was just like, wow, <laughs> this is wine for lads. <laughs> and we did you a song. And you did me a song. Oh my god, yes, I completely forgot about your involvement in the song. Very sorry. I mean, we didn't do the song. Harry Harris did the song. He does our jingle also. He did. So, like, what I was... Well, honestly, I was dreading my birth... Not dreading it, but I was, like, resigned to the fact that I was like, look, I'm an extremely lucky person. I've got no dependents. All my grandparents are dead. The hardest thing about my personal lockdown is that I'm going to have a shit birthday. And it's my yeah. third, and it's yeah. my 30th, and it's fine. Um, and I'd kind of gotten over it. But then, like, once it actually was my 30th... Uh, so many people in my life seem to be so concerned that I have a shitty day that everyone just kind of came through. Like my, my boyfriend, the 
the remarkable and sometime guest Gavin Day. He like <laughs> oh Gavin Day. Gavin Day of uh, Kilburn Swimming Pool fame. Yes, a Kilburn Swimming Pool fame. He like um got all my pals together, including you two, to like um spell out the words of my favorite song in a kind of a big group mural that was all over my walls. And I woke up and it was there in the morning. And he got me all these great gifts and like. I just got all, all day I was getting like wine and flower deliveries and people writing me songs. It was just, it was actually, it didn't feel like a diet birthday at all. It felt like the best birthday I'd ever had. Because actually I find parties very stressful. Um, I want to be loved, but I don't know to handle the love when it's in the room. (laughs) Yeah. I love being a guest. But anyway, um, I had a lovely birthday. uh, So I feel like I'm now the minister of all birthdays. Yes. Really. That's how it works. Yeah. And so how it works is um, a lot of people have been saying, oh, we'll like defer your birthday until after lockdown. And I think that's a a very short term, very Tory plan because that (laughs) takes away from the people who are going to be having birthdays then who their birthdays are more important, you know, and we can't we can't have people like fighting over who's going to come to whose birthday party because somebody yeah, somebody oh had God, a fucking Yeah, exactly. Who's going to be showing up for your April 17th birthday party in August 12th, you know? Yeah. Probably me. <laughs> less said about that. So I think the first rule of birthdays is that the person with the current birthday has right of way for all deferred birthdays. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Birthday priority list. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I think the people who are having a birthday are allowed to say it's my birthday month again because uh, they're being deprived. Okay. Does that not make it less special when your actual birthday comes around though? Because I've never really been like a birthday week or birthday month kind of person. Like yeah. I, I, I'm very kind of like Protestant about it. Like I just have a birthday. Yes, you're you're a big Quaker that way. Does it not spoil the kind of? Uh, does it not like? Oh, it definitely the fun. It absolutely does. But I think for me, I and I've never been that kind of person either. I've never been a birthday week, birthday month person. But I think because there's such a lack of celebration around at the moment, and because your birthday in general makes you think about your own death, and so oh <laughs> like, and now we're all thinking about our death all the time, or at least I am. So I think if you need to say <laughs> it's my birthday month to ward off the death spirits, I think you're allowed. Yeah, that was allowed. Yeah. Oh yeah, also, can we just use this pandemic to just, once and for all, get rid of birthday cards, yes. okay? Yes, I find them so difficult. Unless, unless you're going to write some kind of, like me and my best mate, she also hates birthday cards, but we sometimes write a song or a poem about the year we've had or do quotes of the year in the card. Thus, it's more than a card, it's like a letter. Yeah, I, yeah, I love fine. those. But absolutely fuck off with your dear Alex love Caroline I don't give a shit I'm probably going to see you on the yeah, day yeah and do you know what the party. people who have no imagination for putting what to put on the inside of a card have been like let off really easy the last 10 years because the cards keep getting fancier the cards are basically yes. now interior decor it's like oh here's yes, like here's are. like a recycled kimono from the V&A and it's a card do you know what I mean and it's like oh, God, don't yeah. hide behind your recycled kimono from the V&A anymore Meredith yeah show me your heart <laughs> this card has helped orphans <laughs> like <laughs> no just you know donate to the orphans and don't give me a yeah, card yeah don't give me a card that bums me out <laughs> Send me some flowers, you cheap prick, you know? <laughs> I know, flowers are get the fuck out. Um, I think another thing about birthdays, normally I'm kind of like anti-Amazon, but now it's pretty much like, it's okay to have an Amazon wish list. Yeah. They're not just for OnlyFans girls now. Yeah, yeah. We can all have one. <laughs> 
<laughs> and when you said I'm anti Amazon, I thought like you meant that you've got loads of nieces and nephews and you always get them presents from Amazon. No, that's me, Alex. I'm anti Amazon. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Do you have wish lists Lovely. on Amazon? I don't, but now I can see why. I kind of wish I had. I think like. Oh, is that an actual thing? And then like men buy. Oh it. my yeah, god, there's people Alex, who like you're not yeah. living. <laughs> Whoa, I'm getting to the level of Twitter followers where I can you do totally, this. And because yes. you're like a hot, funny woman who visibly doesn't have a boyfriend online, you could really milk this for all it's worth. You could get like a whole podcasting rig on your Amazon wish list if you wanted to. Mm, yeah, easily. Oh shit! Well, if anyone's listening, I need a ton of gravel. Buy <laughs> <so>. Alex <laughs> gravel. Buy me some lovely, stylish gravel for my. Garden, honestly please. mate you would be surprised <laughs> if you just like tweeted or whatever being like hey guys i uh, obviously you can't do this now because i'm announcing the plan for the world but like hey guys uh i've not really had work on lately the only thing that's saving my mental health is my garden <laughs> um, if, if anyone wants to buy me some gardening stuff i would be so grateful and i'd write them a poem i imagine you'd get about 15 people you do so well yeah i'd retweet it go oh, for it i'm out. doing it here's the garden tomorrow yeah. Look out for that tweet, Caroline, because we are getting our garden. I'm telling you, like, the amount of free content you've pushed out on that Twitter that's gone soft viral because Chrissy Teigen has retweeted it. Like, Thank closed you. mouths don't get fed. You need to open that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been my problem for most of this, <laughs> most of my life, yeah, Caroline. Yeah. So. According to most of your exes, anyway. Oh, I've had two beers. Oh, here she is. Come through. Okay, great. Well, that's how the garden's going to get funded. Yeah. And my last word on the birthdays is if you, if your best friend or your loved one or a friend you're really fond of is having a birthday, there's no excuse not to get creative because you have all the time in the world. Make them a drawing, like do them a little video, do them a little song. Very true. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of drawings. It's so great. And you're, you, both you guys' drawings were amazing. I was so proud of you. But also, oh, thanks, equally... You like you, you have no excuse not to get creative for your loved one, but you have every excuse not to get involved in somebody else's thing for their loved one. Like I love Gavin, what he did was the most beautiful thing anyone has ever done for me. But there was a couple of people I was looking at, I was like, God, that must have been a bit of an ask. I haven't talked to that person in seven years. <laughs> But it's locked down, so they, they couldn't, couldn't say, say no. no. And I just think they could have said no. I'm glad they didn't say no, but they certainly could have, and I would not have been offended. I think also yeah. the kind of the level of quality for those things is dramatically reduced. Like, obviously, Alex and I are both supremely talented with our drawing. So but good, actually, like, of course. Uh, you know, I could have like smeared some golden syrup all over it and sent it in, and and that would have been fine. Yeah, absolutely. There was there was a real range um, of high and low within that gallery. Some of it was like artistry and like people like you, Alex, who, who and both both of you actually who are creators for a living. And some of it looked like a children's cancer ward. <laughs> 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 and that's the beauty of it: high and low, you know. Oh, so well, we're good. all going to hell, and that's my yeah. section. <laughs> So that's all for this week. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can hear more by searching School for Dumb Women on your favourite podcast app and following us on the usual social media platforms at Dumb Women Pod. You can also hear us on Soho Radio every other Thursday at 6pm. Thanks to Gavin Day for our artwork, Harry Harris for our jingles and Soho Radio Studios for helping us with remote recording. Stay safe, guys, and stay done. Bye. Mm, 
Garden. Bye. 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 I like some gravel.